This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here I am, guys. It's Thursday. Yes, yes, yes. Week is flying by. Busy weekend ahead for uh, for all. As we sit inside and we look at our ring doorbell and wait for the uh, Trump or the uh, the Biden mob to come and ask us if we've gotten uh, uh, vaccinated. You know the. Uh, the uh, whatever they're going to be, I don't know. I'll be I'll be uh, polite. I do have a, a sign on my door that says "No soliciting," so maybe that'll stop them. I don't know. It didn't stop the vinyl sighting, guys. But anyway, welcome to the show. We got a huge show today. Uh, Emerald Robinson of Newsmax uh, Insider in Washington D.C., who frequently is avoided by Jen Psaki because she asks real questions. She's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, the insider's look at. Joe Biden's mental state, because we're seeing less than she's seeing. Also, her visit to the border, she says that what she saw was worse than she could have ever imagined. And she has some amazing insights into the uh, airport in uh, in McAllen, Texas, and the airport in Houston with regard to planes packed full of illegals. So we're going to get to all of that. Um, also, uh, Donald Trump launched a big lawsuit against big tech. I'm going to comment on that very shortly. Some huge guests on Newsmax as well. On the way. So if you would, uh, first and foremost, I want you to go to your phone. I want you to get Apple Podcasts. And I want you to subscribe to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. That would be huge. We're getting uh, hundreds of reviews that are all positive and uh, people are enjoying the show because it's more than just another opinion show. It also attempts to entertain and even make you laugh. So Apple Podcasts. And if you want to check out all the other uh, 50 other digital platforms, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. For the second time in two weeks, Newsmax is the big ratings winner this time for the live coverage of Donald Trump's uh, Saturday rally. This is huge. More than 3 million U.S. viewers turned into traditional cable and through OTT to watch former President Trump's Save America rally from Sarasota. It was very big. It was a huge night. Newsmax uh, beat all three competitors in the coverage rating for the key demo of 35 to 64. And uh, Nielsen says Newsmax drew a total audience reach of about 1.9 million uh, viewers on traditional cable. And then, of course, you've got the other platforms, 1.1 million. So it's, it's gigantic. And I'm very proud to be a part of this wonderful organization. Donald Trump, the big announcement yesterday, he's going after big tech. He is going to, he's hired some of the best lawyers in the world, and he's going after big tech for how badly they abused people with regard to freedom of expression. And I'm going to explain why. Because uh, everybody's saying, well, you know, they're a private company. They don't have to respect free speech. Oh, but I've got a take that uh, that will set you straight on that. But first, here's the president's announcement yesterday. Today, in conjunction with the America First 
Policy Institute, I'm filing as the lead class representative a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, including Facebook, Google, and Twitter, as well as their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, and Jack Dorsey. Three real nice guys. <laughs> We're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an immediate halt to social media companies' illegal, shameful censorship of the American people, and that's exactly what they are doing. And they have all banned him, the President of the United States. Uh, the President of the United States has been banned on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Unbelievable. Why? Because uh, they're saying because it was the comments that he made on January the 6th. And by the way, uh, Congress exonerated him. They tried to impeach him over it. So they found no standing there at all. Yet he was still banned. And it's purely political. Let's just be completely honest. It's purely, you know it as well as I do. Uh, November the 4th, my big Facebook page, my show page was, it disappeared. It just disappeared. I, I never got a reason. It didn't say you have a, a, you know, offensive comment or you violated community standards. Nothing. All it did was take it away. No recourse either. You can't get a hold of Facebook. You cannot, you cannot, if they decide they're going to take you down, you cannot fight it. And that's what they did to me. Now, here is something that no other talk show host is telling you. Facebook was originally set up as one of the original uh, mediums for social interaction, okay? And originally it was all about high school, uh, you know, friends getting back together again. I could really care less about that. Um, and also uh, taking pictures of your feet on the end of a lounge chair on the beach. That's what it was all about. Now, about four years ago, things started to really change because you could go Facebook Live on your phone. You could actually go live on your phone, which was kind of fun. And then uh, you, in, in I believe it was like January, February, March or something of 2000, and I believe it was 18, uh, could have been 17, but uh, you suddenly were able to go live on Facebook on your desktop and use different software to make it look like a TV broadcast. So a lot of people became uh, TV hosts like me, okay? And I started three months earlier because I figured it out before they even announced they were going to do it. That said... So a lot of people, um, I had a friend, uh, Terry Littlepage, he had a uh, 29 pages, 19 million followers, and I was a broadcaster on his, his networks, and we were reaching a lot of people, and he paid for that reach. Here's what you do on Facebook. Here's how they make their money. You boost posts, and you buy reach. Now, here's where it becomes a real problem. Facebook originally was an open forum. Facebook allowed people to uh, buy reach and then allowed people to broadcast and all of this and spend a lot of money. Now, my uh, Terry Littlepage, who I was talking about, he spent $250,000 of his own money, almost bankrupt, uh, to reach 19 million people on 29, platform, 29 platforms. October 31st of 2018, they took them all down. That with about 850 other sites, mostly conservative sites. And then they started declaring war on all conservatives. And that's where I started getting uh, flagged and taken down and my show taken down. Uh, same way with YouTube. I posted a, a video from uh, Robert Kenny Jr. about the vaccine uh, that I thought was very compelling. And they took me down. Uh, Twitter has taken me down on numerous occasions. I don't violate community standards. I do not espouse violence. All I do is I have a conservative opinion. It's not about an algorithm. It's about being targeted. And once you get a certain amount of reach, there's a reason why there are massive campuses uh, around the country 
country with Facebook employees because it's not just an algorithm that is shutting you out. There are people who legit know what you're all about and will take down your page because they know you're reaching too many people if you're conservative. All right. So that is a violation of uh, the agreed upon by Facebook with the people who buy reach. So my friend Terry Littlebage out $250,000 gone. He paid for that reach. He should be able to reach those people, but they took it away. That's a breach of contract. It has nothing really to do with the First Amendment. Because if they were open and honest at the very beginning and they said, listen, this is not going to be a conservative forum, we favor liberalism, that would have been fine. But they led people to believe that it was going to be neutral and they allowed people to spend billions of dollars to reach and then decided to change the game for political purposes. And then Mark Zuckerberg sank $500 million into the election by Zuckerbucks going to Democrat districts and drop boxes. And then they censored uh, things like the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election. And I could go on and on and on and on. So they became political players who actively engaged government officials and by the way, Emerald Robinson is going to share some insight on that. So this isn't about First Amendment. This is about a, a legitimate censorship, favoritism, and becoming a government entity. And these big tech giants need to either allow all free speech or they need to blow them up, break them up. Uh, with antitrust laws. There you go. I know. I sound like I almost don't know what I'm talking about. Here is uh, Donald Trump talking about China. For instance, on China, you couldn't say the obvious, which is there's a, a, a lab in Wuhan where they make viruses. They do, uh, uh, I always think of Game, Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> but they do research that weaponizes viruses from bats. I mean, it's, it's, it's just happening. And, and, the, and the virus came from there. And, and uh, the Chinese shut down the city of Wuhan, but allowed international travel, which spread the coronavirus. And we couldn't say that, yeah, well, most probably it's from the, uh, the lab in Wuhan where they weaponize viruses. Here is the president talking about that. Sharing evidence that the horrible virus emerged from China... They said it didn't emerge from the Chinese lab, Wuhan. Remember, I said Wuhan, and it was like a bomb went up. Wuhan came from the Wuhan lab. Of course, there were body bags all outside the lab. Nobody ever mentioned so that. that is. Why. They said it came a thousand miles away from a bat, or it came from another country. They tried to blame Italy. They tried to blame us. Yes, they did. But they gave that one up. That was also misinformation. But then it was finally revealed that this was most likely the truth, that it came from the lab. And it was a small little story, but when I said it, it was like a weapon went off, a major weapon. I won't use the, the word weapon, because I never use the word nuclear, but we have to be careful with our leadership, course, because yes. if we don't have the proper leadership, we're in a very perilous state. So we don't use the word nuclear. I never use it, okay? Never use it. It was a great, it was a great speech yesterday, by the way. Um, and it's, it's a gain-of-function research. I was thinking of Game of Thrones. What the heck? What the heck? Uh, you know, anyway. Um, I never watched that show. My, my wife and my son did. They've been watching it all the time. I, can't, I felt like an insider. They had a secret handshake and everything. It was weird. It was just kind of weird. Here's Rob Schmidt actually talking with the president yesterday. Start with today. Obviously, you feel like big tech has committed quite an assault on yourself, on the First Amendment. You're suing Dorsey and Zuckerberg personally. Yay. What led to this? 
Well, I think, uh, obviously, you've been covering it and covering it very well. What big tech has done, the crimes they've committed have been atrocious, and uh, they've taken away free speech and led to a lot of problems in this country. Uh, it really leads to probably uh, the mainstream media not doing their job because big tech is guiding them and guiding them all the way. And we have a major suit, and we're going to see how it comes out but a lot of they did electioneering kids that's illegal people have asked me to do it millions of people are asking to do it they just all in-kind donations allowing a platform for democrats talking points and liberals but denying republicans they can't believe nobody's done it before so let's see how it works out i think it'll be very successful i think so too here's rudy giuliani yesterday on newsmax talking about the suit first of all it's a pretty classic antitrust case uh, antitrust is there not just for criminal But that violence. was thrown out uh, uh, last week, uh, an effort to, to have an antitrust case against them. But 46 states as well as the that U.S. Was, government. But, that, but there was no standing. It was the usual, okay. excu the usual excuse that the court uses when it doesn't want to hear something. Right. But if, uh, let, I'll give you a perfect case that, that should have been brought, I think. Paul, what is it? Parler. Parler's business was destroyed yeah. yep. by a restraint of trade between two or three of them. Yep. Two or three of them got together. They saw a company that was... I was on Parler for a year. I never had more than 120,000. All of a sudden, it went from 120,000 to 1.5 million in two months. Yeah. 120,000 to 1.5 million. Yeah. I had just as many on Parler as I had on, uh, on um, Instagram. And not Instagram. Twitter. Uh, tw uh, tw Twitter. And then all of a sudden... They just took it away. Parlor. Took yeah. Away well, they took it down. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, for reasons that they say were, were about their content, could also be because they were challenging them. That's a classic restraint of trade. It is. And uh, Amazon, uh, there was one other platform that took down Parler. Um, I believe it was Apple. Anyway, they took down Parler, so it was no longer available at all. All coordinated on one day. It was a hit job. It was a massive hit job. Now, here's the problem I have with Parler. Parler came back, and then they started censoring conservatives. And I, they took my account down. No excuse and no recourse. Parler did that. And I think that's maybe why Parler is no longer uh, the buzz. Okay? Parler is no longer the buzz. Because I think to get back in the good graces of Amazon or Apple or Twitter or whoever, they capitulated and said, we will, we will censor uh, conservative content. And by the way, many of the principals at Parler are not conservative. All right, let's put it that way. So, nonsense. Um, here, by the way, is uh, Giuliani, uh, Mayor Giuliani, uh, yesterday talking about um, some of the awful decisions by Bill de Blasio on Newsmax. For what is happening here, I predicted seven years ago when de Blasio came into office and said he was going to reverse the broken windows theory. Do you realize there used to be like 2,000 murders a year in New York City and he brought it down to less than like, like uh, uh, St. Louis? Because it goes after little people for little crimes. The man isn't intelligent enough to know that was written by a Harvard professor named James Q. Wilson. Probably thought it came from a dumb conservative. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. uh, somebody should have told him, he doesn't read a lot, so somebody should have read this, this is a, a scholarly theory. And the theory is that if you, if you fight crime at the early stage, it doesn't get to the top stage. There you go. Plus, he, stops, he stopped arresting people who were fair beating. Well, that sounds like that's not too bad. Right. If he had arrested people for fair beating, he'd have no, none of the problems he has right now on the subway. Does he think that a man that goes on the subway to throw a woman on the track pays his fare? Is he stupid enough mm. to think that? I see him jump over every day. The problem for New York yeah. is worse than any place it's else. Very this scary. is a Biden. This is a Biden-Harris problem that they created last year by bailing out rioters, 
by allowing police stations to be taking over. Cashless bail. For saying nothing about Black Lives Matter, which I don't know what you think of it, but I will not tolerate Black Lives Matter because in every demonstration they call for the killing of police officers. 100% absolutely right. And look at the, uh, the hell the United States has descended into because of these awful policies, including defunding the police, which the Democrats own, by the way. Before we go to uh, Emerald Robinson, I'll just mention the Washington Post gave Jen Psaki uh, three Pinocchios for saying that the uh, Republicans wanted to defund the police. Yeah. Psaki and uh, senior Biden advisor Cedric Richmond both said that the GOP's opposition to Biden's staggering $1.9 trillion COVID-19 rescue plan was akin to supporting defund the police. However, and this is something I said the other day, I said Democrats proposed $350 million in emergency funds for state and local governments, and Republicans voted against the extra funds. That is not a reduction. That is not a cost for police. Also, uh, municipalities don't have to spend the money on police. It is earmarked. It is not earmarked for police. It is just money for uh, municipalities. So this is what the Post says. In this case, there's not even a line item to attach to the White House claim that Republicans are trying to defund the police. It's a big lie. It's a big lie. All right. Somebody tells the truth is Emerald Robinson, and she is the White House correspondent for Newsmax. She is kicking butt and taking names. Let's give her a call this morning, shall we? Hello. Good morning, Emerald. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? I am absolutely glorious. Some big stories to cover. Uh, one that I wanted to bring up with you because you're so close to uh, the president of the United States was the Trafalgar Group study the other day, a survey that said that more Americans than not believe Joe Biden is not in charge. Um, you've seen yeah. him up. You've seen him up close. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I would have to say that that is uh, it's even more apparent when you're that close up. Yeah, because there are. He's just hidden much more than, you know, President Trump was. His staff tells him not to take questions. Uh, he He's very frail. You can see, I noticed in a, the video at the, in Antrim County at the, the orchard. Yeah. He was really, he had this gait. And he also gives off the sense. And you know what was funny is that um, I had someone I was talking to, a family member, who's not, you know, very political, and they they asked me the same question the other day. How do you feel? Because I feel like for the first time in my life, the president isn't the president. Yeah. yeah. And they said, I do question the election, even though they're not very political. They feel that there's a lot of oddities with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then how they're handling the presidency, they said, makes them feel even more so. Yeah. So there's questions and that Joe Biden is not in charge. And this now, is not a very political person. No, no. And, and it's very obvious. And we have to be able to look at this subjectively. Uh, and and I, what I'm trying to understand, Emerald, is when you, you're in the uh, press briefings with Jen Psaki, it appears that, I don't know, is the question verboten with regard to... Does the president plan on taking a cognitive test? It's very clear to most Americans now that he appears to be failing. What's going on? And why, why hasn't somebody brought that up? Well, it has been asked several times by media that you wouldn't expect. Okay. Not the cognitive part per se, okay. but his medical records. Any kind of examinations that he's had, uh, which would include his his cognitive capacity right they just don't explicitly ask that but the, the question has been raised yeah and she always dances around it just as she did with a trip to the border press access yeah. to the border oh oh we're we're doing that we're just working out the details yeah we're going to be totally transparent we're the most transparent administration in history we'll get to that 
Well, what would she say if you said, hey, a new study says most Americans don't feel the president is in charge because of a cognitive decline? Uh, what, what do you suppose she would say? Which study? Yeah. Who's saying that? <laughs> what, what was the sample size? Yes. Who was the sample? <laughs> that is absolutely perfect. You, you are inside her head, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I didn't realize it so much until last week the last time i was in the briefing yeah. and she literally met eyes with me because she was going to call you know she called on she was going to call on the person next to me and then she was working her way through the row and i was like oh she's actually going to do this today she's going to go through everybody great she met eyes with me and she's like okay we're finished <laughs> but guys and, and ran out wow. and, you know, I, I have my i have my um editor pull the clip i i'm going to put it on I'm going to put it on Twitter. It's just been so busy with the border trip and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But I'm definitely going to do that. Let me ask you this, because you did go to the border. Um, What were your uh, impressions seeing it in person? I know you've seen horrific video. You've talked about some of the horrors that we don't even know about. What did you, uh, when you came away from the border this time, what did you take from it? It's worse than I thought. Um, It was just very shocking to me. The most shocking, actually, was when I was departing McAllen. And I was at the airport, and we walk in, and there's a huge line. I mean, massive line waiting to check in. And I realize, oh, wait, this is 95% migrants, mm-hmm. migrant children, most of them. Wow. And they were holding these large manila envelopes, you know, the yellow envelopes. Yeah. On one side, they had a white printout that had a script. That said, I don't speak English. You know, I took some pictures. Um, I don't speak English. I need help. I might need help. Something like that. And then on the back side, if you flipped it, it had their um, their travel plans, their routes, where they were supposed to connect to flights and where their final destination was, the flight number. Wow, wow. And inside, I assume was their paper, their paperwork. And some of them, Rob, most of them were little girls. Jeez. The majority were little girls, and. They looked so young. I mean, I would say 10 to 14. They looked afraid. Unbelievable. And you just wondered what they'd even been through to get to the point that they were at. And it was just heartbreaking. And then when I got on my flight from McAllen to Houston to catch my connecting flight, yeah. uh, it was 80, 75 to 80% migrants. There were lots of pregnant women. But honestly, those women, they looked like they were underage themselves. Wow. They looked so young. The ones carrying the babies on their backs, they looked so young. Unbelievable that the country is, uh, or the government is allowing this to happen. Absolutely unbelievable. I want to talk real quick about the uh, announcement yesterday by President Trump that he's going after big tech. This this is very near and dear to me because I've been booted from several platforms and I had a Facebook page that was reaching hundreds of thousands of people a week and it disappeared on November 4th. The morning I got up to post, I hadn't posted anything. It was gone. I've never been able to, uh, you know, ask why. They never told me why. I know why. It's because of the day after the election, they wanted to shut me up. Uh, what do you think about the big tech class action lawsuit? Well, I think it's a good first step. Clearly, it's made possible by Governor Ron DeSantis doing the executive order in late May that he did in Florida. They're filing in the Southern District of Florida. And there's lots of people joining into the lawsuit. Now, clearly, big tech is going to fight this in a big way, That especially since it was filed in uh, the Southern District of Florida. But The Trump team, a couple of the lawyers that are advising on this, um, they feel that this is a case that could go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. 
especially with the amount of people that are, are, are joining into the lawsuit. Yeah. Alan Dershowitz said yesterday on Newsmax that this could be the biggest free speech First Amendment case of the 21st century. I think it's huge. Yeah. And I think that if you do get discovery and you look at how much these big tech companies, which Donald Trump did a very good job uh, laying out yesterday, I thought, yeah. coordinate with the government, how much they're used by our government. I, I've had several intelligence sources tell me about how specifically they use big tech and social media and the kind of for psyops wow. and censorship. Wow. Unbelievable. And and they also uh, censor. They also uh, restrict content. Uh, they took the Hunter Biden laptop story away. You couldn't do anything about that on uh, YouTube. Yep. You couldn't talk about hydroxychloroquine. You couldn't disagree with the WHO. That's what got me kicked off of, uh, of YouTube, by the way. Unreal. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, these these social media companies have so much power yeah. to influence what people think about the world, their frame of reference, what they believe is truth. And, you know, Dr. Robert Epstein, who was the uh, researcher, a Harvard, originally a Harvard-based researcher who did the study on Google and how their search engines, the manipulation of search engines influences uh, voting patterns, talks about how influential they are in every aspect of our life but especially in elections. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, the, the Zuckerbucks, the $400, $500 million in money from Mark Zuckerberg to uh, juice predominantly Democrat districts, putting in uh, loads and loads of uh, uh, ballot boxes that could be stuffed the day after the election. Yep. That's unbelievable. That has to be illegal. That has to, if it isn't now, it has to be illegal. We cannot have billionaires uh, spending a half a billion dollars in an election cycle one billionaire to uh, to it makes us an oligarchy it's unreal emerald thank you so much for your time today and your insights incredibly valuable stuff have a glorious weekend okay you too rob all right take care that is something you are only going to hear here and uh, some of the stuff that she brought up there was absolutely stunning particularly about joe biden's mental state and what she's saying and guys it is real and it is uh getting worse it's getting much worse it's it's Honestly, we cannot exist as a country with a leader who is so cognitively impaired. Uh, yesterday, he was, uh, it was interesting, he went to uh, a visit with uh, Vladimir Putin at the uh, G7 a few weeks ago, about four weeks ago, and we had a giant hack on and it shut down the entire colonial pipeline on the East Coast, causing massive gas outlets. And of course, uh, he opposed, supposedly tough talked with Putin and you know all this. And then what happened this week? Well, we just had a, a, a software firm was hit by Revel. Uh, a Russian cyber criminal group in a ransomware attack that crippled hundreds of companies nationwide. That just happened. So after Joe Biden goes over and says, knock this off, you know, and then gives them a list of 16 targets you better not touch. Well, apparently Putin looked at that as a uh, roadmap, actually, to wrecking the country. Here is uh, the president being asked uh, outside of the helicopter um, what he was going to do about it. What's your message? What's your message on cyber? Any message after your briefing on cyber? At what point does the United States respond? How was your briefing today? Okay, basically he said that he would uh, deliver it to him. 
He's going to. It's unclear how the message will be transmitted or when it when and uh, it comes less than three weeks after the, you know, we warned Putin he would respond if the U.S. was hit by another attack. And, of course, he was hit. It was hit by an even bigger attack. It didn't shut down any pipelines, but it did affect hundreds, crippled hundreds of uh, con- uh, companies around the uh, country. But the president is out of touch. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And he is Neville Chamberlain. Uh, let's face it, the president is Neville, Neville Chamberlain. He's willing to bend over, uh, you know, no wine, no dinner, just do whatever the rest of the world wants, that uh, resign the Paris Climate Accords, which are going to screw us, and not China, and, uh, you know, the, the, the Iran nuclear deal going to get back on in this, among other things. Here he is talking about how he's going to make your gas prices go up even further. Because gas has already gone up about a little over a dollar, dollar twenty-five some area. It's over $3 a gallon national average. It was only $1.80 something back in uh, in December. But here he is. What's he going to do to the gas companies? $100 billion a year. Not a year. $400 billion over this period. Which is enough to pay for the child, child, child care tax credit. There he goes with the, uh, with the cognitive impairment. If we end tax breaks for fossil fuels, make polluters pay to clean up the messes they've made. You've been driving uh, fossil fuel vehicles for the last 70 years, sir. And you ride in a big fossil fuel motorcade and fly in a big fossil fuel plane. So it's not a mess that they made. They are regulated. They're doing a great job. There have been lax regulation with regard to pollution. That ended in the 70s, by the way. So knock it off. That would raise $90 billion. Sure. I'm not asking them to do anything that, that is unfair. Just not going to subsidize them anymore. They're doing well, thank, thank you. No, not so much anymore. And the messes they made, they should... Your gas is going to go up, guys. And I had heard somebody say online yesterday, uh, up to $5. I, no, no, no. They want it higher than that. They really do. And I would not be surprised at minimum $5 in the next year. This is what happens when you send a powerful message to those who create fossil fuel, which, by the way, no airplanes run on anything but fossil fuel. No tractor trailers run on anything but fossil fuel. Clean burning fossil fuel, right? It's what we have. It's abundant. Doesn't require rare earth minerals and toxins like giant batteries in cars or giant windmill blades that cannot be recycled and have to be buried in a landfill. Here is uh, Representative Ronnie Jackson. He was the uh, White House physician during the Trump administration talking about how Joe Biden has converted the White House into an assisted nursing community. The far left, the, the liberal mainstream media, all the self-appointed elites in academic medicine demanding, demanding that President Trump have a cognitive test just because they didn't like the nature of his tweets, not because of any cognitive issues whatsoever. Now they're completely ignoring this, and it's sad. We're being tested just like you said. Every day we're being tested, whether it's Iran or China or Hamas uh, or, you know, or Russia. He's endangering the country. So whatever it is, we're being tested on the, on the, on the national and global stage every single day. And he's failing miserably. And it really is at this point, we've got to figure out what's going on. I feel, I feel bad, Sean, because the White House has been transformed from a symbol of power and authority into what looks like at this particular point an assisted living facility. Yep. And the American people, are, they are, they're going to start demanding at some point in the very near future that we know what's going on. It's already starting to happen, and we need to know. Uh, I'm demanding it right now, uh, like I have any sway over the whole thing. But I'm demanding it right now. We need to know. We can't. This cannot be lied about anymore. Jen Psaki can't avoid it anymore. It's obvious to everybody. It's obvious to everybody. Everybody knows it. The emperor's naked. He's on a parade float. There's a marching man in front. There are spotlights on either side. <sighs> 
Critical race theory. The American Federation of Teachers is a leftist bordering on communist organization bent on uh, indoctrinating your children. They don't care about educating your children. If they did, they would have insisted that teachers go back to school last year because the risk was minimal. But instead, they allowed teachers to stay home in many cases until this fall. Critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or middle schools or high schools. That is a lie. That is why so many people are going to school board meetings and demanding recalls of school board members. It is nakedly obvious. Everybody knows about it. That is a lie. It's a method of examination taught in law school and in college. Another lie. That helps analyze whether systemic racism exists and in particular whether it has an effect on law and public policy. Uh, any school should not be teaching this. They should be teaching life skills and knowledge that will help them in life rather than make them hate white kids and make black kids feel like they can't accomplish anything because of institutional racism. But culture warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination as CRT to try to make it toxic. It is toxic, actually. Now, here she is, uh, after saying that they're not teaching it in elementary or high school, actually admitting they are because she says that she will defend teachers who teach it. Mark my words. She needs to be fired. Our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense. Now, that's interesting. She just said they're not teaching it. Fun, ready to go. And we were preparing for litigation as we speak. Good. I'm, I'm girding for a fight as well. Girding for a fight as well. Oh, by the way, a federal judge in Georgia declined to strike down portions of the state's controversial, controversial voter law. It's not controversial at all. If you want one person, one vote, and you want, uh, you want legit, you want legit elections. The, the decision from U.S. Judge Jean-Paul Boulay, a Trump appointee, did not weigh in on some of the most controversial aspects of this law, nor did it strike down a portion of the statute that changes the deadline for requesting absentee ballots. Uh, it, it did, however, require voting ID for absentee ballots, limits drop boxes, even prohibits passing out food and water to those waiting in line. Now, that's a lie. Because in places like Cincinnati, and I, I've, I've heard from my friends in Cincinnati, they drive people in with bus, buses, load them up with bags of grocery stores and gift cards to go in and vote. And they send them in with a, a pre-marked ballot for all of the Democrats they need to vote for. All right. So if you are not prepared uh, with a, a sandwich or a bottle of water in your purse or in your pocket or in your whatever, when you go to vote, that's your problem, not mine. Okay. Let's move on to uh, some uh, great guests and great discussions on Newsmax from uh, yesterday, including uh, Rob Schmidt talking to Alan Dershowitz with regard to Trump's lawsuit against big tech. Thank you. So let's start first with Section 230. I, I think this confuses a lot of people. Um, break down 234 us and, and do you agree with the Trump team here that this protection has been abused by big tech? Oh, no question about that, and it should be changed immediately. 230 treats uh, big tech as if they were just a platform that didn't make decisions about what comes on and what doesn't go on. Now that they've become big censor, they should no longer have the benefit. Of They're big censor. I love that. Section 230. And 
technical company, technician company, should be given a box to check. Are you going to censor No, then you get 230. But they can't both censor and get the benefit of 230. That has to be changed, and I think it will be changed. I love that. Here he is saying this could be the biggest First Amendment case of the century. Could the outcome of this be that you know, 230 goes away? Will it be that Congress will amend it? I mean, will this create the pressure needed to do that? That's one possibility. The other possibility is the courts will construe it, will interpret it to say it doesn't apply to anybody who censors, anybody who makes decisions and choices. You know, this is a very important case because it really pits freedom of speech against the First Amendment. That may sound ironic, but there's no question that big tech restricts free speech and censors. But they claim to be doing it under the First Amendment. Nope. They claim to be using the First Amendment not only as a shield, but as a sword to censor. And that's why I think this is probably the most important First Amendment case that may come before the Supreme Court in the 21st century. I could not agree more as a victim of this censorship. It is heartbreaking to reach hundreds of thousands of people and establish real connections with people and have it taken away for no reason with no recourse in one day. Do you realize there was a, a tremendous movement over a half a million people on the walkaway movement, walking away from the Democrat Party because of all of the corruption and all of the nonsense, and many of those people were people of color, and Facebook just dropped the page. And the people who were administering the site with a half a million people involved, all of the contacts were erased, all of the stories were erased, everything gone because Mark Zuckerberg saw it as a threat to the Democrat Party. Unreal. Okay, back to uh, Donald Trump's uh, suing big tech. Here's what uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene had to say to Greg Kelly about it. Can you explain how it does, why this is so important, and even for those who may not be using social media? Well, it's important because as Americans, we have a freedom that is incredibly different from the rest of the world. It's called freedom of speech. And we are used to be able to walking around in our regular everyday lives and saying our opinions, our thoughts, and our feelings. And that is also our political beliefs and our religious beliefs and our feelings about our families and the type of schools and curriculums that they are taught and everything about our lives. But in big tech, in the social media sphere, we aren't treated that way. As a matter of fact, we're treated very differently. For the past four to five years, we've heard the media slander us as Nazis, fascists, deplorables, Neanderthals, and all kinds of nasty names. And that's how they treat the president that we have grown to absolutely love and seriously miss him. But here's the deal. Conservatives on Twitter and on Facebook, not only are we banned or suspended or completely kicked off and never allowed back on for speaking our political beliefs and speaking our mind, but we are treated as if we're second-class citizens for holding these opinions. And this is why it's wrong. And I'm so happy President Trump is leading the charge with these lawsuits that he announced today. And this is where they crossed the line. This is where they began working with the Democrat Party and the mainstream media using the three to take down conservatisms and a presidential candidate. That is even worse than some dictatorships have done. You know why? Because in dictatorships like with uh, Venezuela, uh, like with North Korea, they take over the media. In our case, the media surrendered to the Democrat Party. And so did uh, Big Tech. And they all work together with one central theme, and that is to move the country left and destroy conservatives.
Two lawyers for Donald Trump's lawsuit appeared yesterday with Greg Kelly, including Linda McMahon. Here she is. Look, this suit is incredibly important because it's about the American people. The First Amendment is one of the strongest. It's one of the strongest rights that we have as American citizens. And one of the things that makes the United States unique among uh, most all other countries that we do have the right to say, uh, you know, what we think. Now, we know that there are some exceptions to that. You can't yell fire uh, in a theater. But when you are absolutely taking away the rights of the American people's First Amendment to say, to have discourse, to disagree uh, with political or with scientific data or whatever it is, and you're just suddenly taken off the platform, um, that's really attacking our free speech. And we cannot allow that to happen. So it was a good time today. The president, of course, is the lead plaintiff in this case. But as he said today very clearly, this isn't just about him. Yep. This is really about the American people. And he's, he did say, and I believe this to be very true, you know, today it's mostly conservatives and Republicans who get taken down. But tomorrow it can be you. It could be Democrats. It could be uh, you know, other walks of life. So we want to make sure that First Amendment rights are protected always. All right, here is uh, Katie Kelly, she or Katie Sullivan, I should say, talking to Greg Kelly, one of the other uh, lawyers for the Trump team. Uh, we have been talking about this and working on this case for the last few months with a great team of attorneys. I have to say, as you dig in and you really hear the stories of these Americans who have been affected, it is heart-wrenching. There are doctors who have been completely maligned, Greg, because uh, these are very esteemed, very experienced doctors because they had a different opinion from Dr. Fauci. Uh, and social media basically colluded with Dr. Fauci and the federal government to put out only one message. That's one example of the hypocrisy that we see. The terrorism, uh, the getting involved in dictator governments, like uh, uh, the effects that social media has, in certain countries and in helping their dictators uh, take over their governments is unbelievable. When you compare that to people who are innocently posting an opinion, innocently posting something about maybe children shouldn't have to wear masks and they're taken down. Yep. It's incredible. It is. It is thought control. It is unbelievable. Absolutely. I want to play uh, one more thing here before I go, and, and we've had a lot of stuff on today. Yesterday, a guy named Joe Hoft, who works with the uh, the Gateway Pundit, he's a journalist, spoke with Steve Bannon on Steve Bannon's War Room, and I've been following the 2020 election chicanery for a while. And there was, and there was no interest in it uh, by the media, even though there are over 2,000 signed affidavits, even though there's videotape of the convention center in uh, in Atlanta where they brought out the ballots from under a table and they ran them through multiple times. The drop boxes uh, opened up the next day. The voting in, in uh, battleground states stopped at the same time. The count stopped at the same time. One in Atlanta because they said there was a water main break. That was not true. It was a coordinated assault. It was stopping, seeing where the votes were, and then deciding how many ballots they needed to come up with to make sure that Joe Biden won. In some cases, 97% of the vote, when they restarted counting, went to Joe Biden. Okay, here is uh, him talking with Steve Bannon on the war room about, listen to this, registration in Maricopa County was hacked before the election. 
Uh, you, you actually tie together Michigan, Arizona, and Georgia. We only got a couple of minutes. Walk the audience through what your uh, investigation has shown, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. Um, we found uh, uh, um, in our investigation in Michigan, Georgia, and Arizona, in all of them, we have found um, anonymous user uh, uh, remote access logons um, that uh, have elevated privileges uh-huh. uh, in the election management system, which means anyone who does that uh, through a remote logon with elevated privileges uh, can access the actual database and change results. So that's pretty significant that we found it in three states now. It is a pattern, um, and it is significant. Now, that would be a coordinated attack, wouldn't it? I think it would. Here's a little bit more about Maricopa County. was notified that our team also discovered the following, uh, that Maricopa County um, and the Secretary of State in Arizona uh, have known for quite some time since November 3rd that there was a security breach of the voter registration servers. And they have hid this from the American public, and we are releasing it right now on your show for the first time. Give us that one more time. we got about a minute. Walk us through that. We'll have you back on a five. This is breaking news. Give us that again. There was a security breach of the voter registration servers in Arizona. On November 3rd, Secretary of State has known about this. They have hidden it. They have not revealed it to the American people. Maricopa County has also known about it. They notified people that the registration system had been breached. So there's actual paper copy from the government acknowledging that it happened. But Arizona's Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, covered it up. You're saying Katie Hobbs is on as a contributor to MSNBC and CNN. You're saying she actually knew this breach happened and never came forward and told anybody? That's absolutely correct. We know this because we now have learned that voters in Arizona actually received some notification individually um, that some of their data had been breached, but they've hidden it from the rest of us. Wow. Just wow. Guys, thanks for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Um, it is going to be up on all platforms. Um, just go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts if you want to subscribe to any of those. But if you'd like, I'd prefer you'd go to Apple Podcasts on your phone and subscribe there. You can easily download it. It's free, free, free. Every day I do a show during the week, so you just download it, listen to it, and then tomorrow, if you decide you want to listen to tomorrow's show, it downloads it, and it deletes the previous episode. But they're all archived, by the way, so if you can go back and watch. But anyway, I want you to know it's not taking up any memory, and it's all free, and it's portable, and you can listen to it at the gym, and you can listen to it in your car with the kids, or you can, you can whatever you do, ride in the tractor. I don't care. Mowing the lawn. Heck yeah, why not? Anyway, Apple uh, Podcasts, The Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. God bless you guys. God bless our police with an exclamation point. God bless our military. Remember, Ashley Babbitt, and above all, don't catch the stupid. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.